Hello everyone, thank you for jumping on to this episode of Weathering the Market. I'm meteorologist Kaylee Carey. And I'm meteorologist Dion DeLeo. And I'm head of marketing Emily Creevy. Well, today we're going to talk about a lot of things, but most importantly, what dropped today? It's like a new album, what dropped? Not a new album, Not but you know, if you're in the uh, commodities sector, then you are probably well aware that today was the latest edition of the WASDI report. <laughs> yes, which is which is extremely exciting because I don't know about you guys, but as we head deeper into late spring, early summer, it feels like this season's going to be volatile when it comes to trading prices and all that good stuff. Absolutely, we've hinted that we've hinted at that a few times already in a few other episodes about the volatility of the market this season and what to expect, and it has a lot to do with what's changing both you know atmosphere atmospherically as well as uh, you know. How the, how the markets are responding to that already and just outlooks for the season. So, you know, we're going to dive a little bit more into that potential volatility today. Exactly. So let's just start off with, we're just going to start off with South America drought because this is something that we've even covered way earlier on. We've been following this for a while because they were, you know, they had unseasonable. Yeah, since like October. Yes. Yeah. And it was just kind of, you know, we see this coming. They're getting this second crop corn laid in the ground, leading into a dry season. And what's been going on there, Dion? Well, I mean, basically, the, 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 their, their biggest fear has come true. And that is, you know, they've transitioned into their dry season now. And as a result, all this late planted safrina corn is quickly deteriorating. And, um, you know, it's unfortunately, it's been... It's pretty much been the narrative of the of, of 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 the crop. You know, they were afraid at first. They're like, maybe we can get enough out before it gets too dry. Maybe we can have a little bit of extra rain. And unfortunately, it just it didn't happen. The, the you know the the production continues to decline across Brazil for the safrinha corn crop. I saw something where Paraná they started off at ninety two percent good yeah. in the beginning of the in the beginning of the month, and then now they're already down to twenty five percent rated good to excellent for their crop. So just to show, I mean, they're actually dealing with unseasonable dryness. I know the rain's in the forecast for today, but they, they're kind of dipping back into another dry period. So to kind of break it down, it's South America, it's farming currently in two regions. Is that correct? There's kind of a region a little bit further north and south, like Mato Grosso's north. Mato Grosso, uh, Mato Grosso do Sol, yeah, no problem. Uh, Guayas, kind of part of the northern region there too. And then it drifts farther down towards the south. You get uh, you get uh, Paraná and Sao Paulo, and so um, unfortunately, because the of the Safrina corn region and where it's all at, I mean the dry the dryness is pretty set in there, and Paraná is pretty bad. But Mato Grosso, which is one of the biggest, actually I think it pretty much is the largest producing region uh, for Brazil for the Safrina corn crop. I mean they're they're dry. I mean. Paraná has at least seen some rainfall out of this, you know, during the quote-unquote dry season, and, and and their yields are dropping. So there's there's areas that are drier than that. So we can expect this narrative to just pretty much spread across that entire growing region. And so, and we actually saw that today in the WASDI report, the Brazil safrina corn crop was cut extensively, and that's just due to persistent drought, and this is something that we've been watching. And when you see, you know, that corn crop cut extensively, and then you have to also couple in the fact that there's a strong global corn demand at the moment, and that is just continuing to bring those prices up, and that's extending into the new market year as well. So I just, I, know, I think the que the question we're going to have to raise, and Larry can talk about this at the end. He's going to come on and give some of his advice as well, and what he thinks is going to happen 
is, you know, our corn supply is going to be too tight? Like, how high will these prices go? Because currently, right now, on the Chinese Dalian market, corn's trading over $11. It's trading over that. That's, that's impressive, yeah. Yes, I mean. it's extremely impressive. So the reason, though, then people are like, well, why is China buying so much of our corn? Because it's cheaper. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. so it's creating this volatile marketplace, which if you're in this space, it is kind of exciting. But at the same time, we are going to have to be watching for inflation and whatnot. And we still haven't even hit the summer month where we could be seeing, you know, possible drought. Our own drought. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So it's just a lot of stuff coming into play. And then speaking of drought, have you been watching Iowa any more closely or what are you seeing there, Dion? At least for parts of the Midwest, for the most part, you know, the Midwest is looking uh, fairly wet. Matter of fact, looking at the latest topsoil moisture reports uh, from the USDA, much of the Midwest is actually uh, at a surplus and their surplus has grown uh, over the past week or so. So we're seeing a pretty decent surplus across portions of, you know, Illinois, the Ohio Valley, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, and all the way extended down through the Mississippi Delta, which is which is great. Even Iowa is reporting a slight increase in their topsoil surplus, which is good. Okay, they're still not completely out of the woods yet. You know, they're still battling some dryness, but the forecast is looking a little bit better. I think they're just going to be on the fence. We're going to have to keep a close eye on Iowa and and and, and Nebraska as well. And I think something else that we also have to remember is that today's report was actually limited by. Um, the 91 million, well, actually it was 91.1, but for now we're just going to call it 91 million <laughs> acres from the March planning survey. And I, I mean, this could just be personal opinion, but that number is just a little too low given the prices as we head deeper into this season. Because you would like to, you would think that more people be planting corn and whatnot leading into this volatile market season. I don't know, just something to think about. Yeah, definitely have something to keep an eye on. For Especially, sure. and then we I was talking about corn going for $11 on the Chinese Dalian Exchange, but do you know what soybeans are going for? I actually do not know what soybeans are going for. Mm, eight, near $18. $18? Yes. 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 So, I know. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, it's cheaper to buy from over here. So, will we catch up? Well, you know, what's going to happen? I know soybeans are going up today, so we'll just have to see where everything leads. You know, circling back to Iowa and the Corn Belt region, did you guys see anything about the frost advisories and the freeze warnings? Yes. Hey, that, that could affect supply too. It could, if anything's already gone up. But my only hope for farmers that have already planted and germinated, because it was super warm in the month of April, but this month of May has been cold, and we touched on that last week with the MJO phases and whatnot coming through, is, mm -hmm. that, um, is that the seeds, it, and nothing has come up because it has been a little bit cooler, so everything's maybe, hopefully, Hope, been a little bit slower. Hopefully been a little slower to kind of, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. hopefully, for their sake, it's been a little bit slower. So far, I haven't seen any major reports from on anything regarding kind of potential damage from, from those, so that's a bit of good news there. Yeah, that's good. There. Uh, you know, I, I think I think especially in weather and, and everything, you know, no news is good news so far. So as long as as long as we don't hear about it, I think I think it's okay for for now. That's a good point. For now. <laughs> Agreed. And then we're not we can't forget about wheat. Let's throw wheat in there real real quick. Um, wheat prices are also up, but with the prices being up, it kind of reduces our competitive our competitiveness as a country in this market. Well, in the global markets, I guess you could say, because our the exports were lowered for the, the, this market year, and they continue to decline in the upcoming market year, 21-22. So that was also something that was seen 
because um, regions of Africa are actually having a great season. So, I don't know, just we're checking it out. For now, though, we're going to go ahead and toss over to Larry to give a more in-depth look of the Wall Street report and what the implications could be on the market as we head deeper into the planning season. Thanks for joining, everyone. Hi, guys. Help me welcome Larry Heitkemper, our market analyst and president of Minuteman Weather. Uh, Larry, what do you got for us? What's going on with this WASDE report? Well, I think in general today, uh, Emily, we'd like to talk corn. So there's certainly some potential for uh, some real gloom and doom with things to happen in the corn <laughs> market. So we need to uh, follow that closely. The WASDE report uh, itself showed, the major thing it showed was a 6 million metric ton reduction in the Brazil crop, which surprised me a little. I thought they'd go down two, maybe three. I think six was warranted. I just didn't think they'd drop it that fast. And I still think they have probably another two to four million metric tons to go because the weather outlook down there is just for dry, dry, dry. And, and they've still got some crop that could be out. But by the time we get to uh, late May, first of June, it'll be, it'll be basically beyond repair. So I think, I think that's the major thing in the short term, uh, which makes U.S. corn quite, quite still competitive uh, for the Chinese. Assuming they decide to buy, of course, we're getting at prices where there is some demand rationing likely to happen. As we yeah. turn our attention to the new year, uh, interesting thing in the WASDE report that I saw was they assumed the U.S., Russia, and Ukraine were all going to produce uh, very large corn crops this year. So that may happen, but I don't know if that's the way to bet. And whatever happens, I, I think we're going to see just tremendous price volatility going forward. It looks like we'll get the crop in pretty well in the U.S. Uh, there's a little bit too much rain in some areas, but that's a lot better than dryness. And it, it looks like there's a little bit of dryness in western Iowa, but overall, I think we'll get the crop in, in fine. So then we have to turn our attention to the growth period. Well, if you look historically, what you see during the growth period in these type of years where stocks are fairly tight and the market's on edge, is about June 10th or so, this, this whole market turns into a weather market. And because we don't really trust 11 to 15 day forecast, what we really trade around is the six to 10 day forecast. And more so heat than dryness uh, during that period because heat can just totally kill the pollination by, by drying out the silks and uh, really destroying the crop. So we look more for heat than dryness during that period. But I think we'll hang our hat on that just about every six to 10 day forecast that comes out from like June 10th right on through early July. And one comment I made to a colleague the other day was, uh, I'm pretty sure this year the corn market's going to move limit uh, after the long July 4th weekend. I just don't know which way. Um, <laughs> that volatile that it could, it could, you know, with an unexpected rain, it could go way down. And with a, a mist of a rain, expected rain event, it would go way up. But, but anyway, the world's going to be volatility, and that's going to continue right on until we really get the resolution of the uh, of the Ukraine and, and uh, to an extent to China, but the Ukraine and Russia crops, especially, which are the major uh, competitors for our, for our exports in the fall. So that mm -hmm. that's about it. Volatility, the buzzword. Look out for weather markets starting around June 10th. Take care. All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. That was Larry Heitkemper. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Weathering the Market. We love sharing all this information with you guys. And if you didn't already know, we work for a company called Minuteman Weather, which provides a full range of energy and agricultural weather services. If you would like to sign up for a free trial or request more information, 
check us out at MinutemanWeather.com. We'll be back next Wednesday. Thanks.